This is Booch News with Ian Griffin, a podcast all about kombucha. I'm on the phone today with Olga Sarzano, who's the owner of Baba's Brew in Philadelphia and um, makes uh, kombucha in the old-fashioned way that she first learned about in Russia, where she grew up. Hi, Olga. How are you? Hi, Ian. Nice Nice to meet you. Nice to talk to you. So, Olga, I'd like to ask how your Russian heritage influenced your awareness of kombucha and uh, how did it lead you getting into this business? Kombucha is something that I grew up on. So I grew up in, you know, communist Russia. And, um, you know, as far as I remember myself as a little girl, you know, my great-grandmother, that I call Baba, you know, she been brewing kombucha. You know, she always had this, you know, big jar tucked on the top of her, you know, big fat fridge, you know, cover it with uh, cheesecloth. And, you know, always I would just come and just, you know, ask her, you know, Baba, can I have some kombucha? Um, you know, my belly hurts, and she would say, you know, here it is, there's some kombucha. You know, my leg hurts, you know, here's some kombucha. So she, you know, that was kind of part of my life, and I always thought, you know, everybody else drank it. I never thought about anything special from this. Also, you know, growing up, um, you know, in the 80s and 90s, is you know, we didn't have any of the Gatorade and Coke and, you know, other stuff. So kombucha was definitely something really delicious and sweet, and sometimes my baba would throw some berries in or some, you know, leftover fruit. So we had all the different flavors variation that she, you know, came up with. And, uh, you know, I, as I said, you know, I just kind of drank kombucha and it's traveled with me everywhere. Uh, when I moved to Moscow, you know, I took my kombucha with me and I realized that people in Moscow, you know, were not as familiar in from southern Siberia um, because kombucha, as you know, um, originated uh, in China and from China it went to Mongolia and then it came to Russia and you know the southern Siberia where I'm from is probably the closest part to that area so um, you know that's kind of my journey with kombucha continued and then um, then I when I moved to United States um, I was extremely excited to find kombucha uh, there uh, unfortunately, there was not kombucha that I truly enjoyed. You know, there's just so many different types of kombucha that you can make. You know, some of them I found too sweet, some I found too sour, some I found just too much junk in. And so we just decided, well, if you cannot really find something that you like, that you have to make it yourself. And so I called my mom and I said, hey, you know, can you, next time you're coming over, can you bring a scoby? Um, and uh, so she brought this scoby. It was kind of a really funny story that, you know, she got stopped um, in the airport and the checkpoint. They were trying, you know, she was trying to explain what the heck she was bringing to the United States. Um, and so that's how, you know, we started again brewing here and, you know, growing. So our kombucha actually has DNA. You know, it's, it's actually great, 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 great child of my original scrubby from my great-great-mother. Um, so um, it was kind of fascinating because, you know, my mother always used to say that every new thing is well-forgotten old things. And, uh, you know, me drinking kombucha when I was a little girl and then starting a commercial company in the United States was just kind of, you know, a little crazy um, as far as, 
you know, all the people that, you know, my mom and all my family thought. Um, but it's, um, it's a, have been extremely, you know, fascinating journey. Um, and the interesting part is that, you know, what I've learned during this time is, you know, originally, as I said, as a little girl, I only drank kombucha because, you know, it was just sweet and delicious and it was alternative to water. Um, and, um, you know, then I realized much later uh, about all the health benefits of kombucha, about the probiotics and about enzymes and uh, how it's just, you know, really, really fantastic beverage. And even though there is not many researchers have done exactly, you know, to prove that, you know, I think kombucha being around for so many, you know, centuries, it's really proved itself that, you know, there is something very, very precious about it. Yeah, so that's that's wonderful story to hear. And um, I was interested when you said that it's much better known in southern Siberia because it's closer to China. I mean, do you have mm-hmm. any idea how far back you said your great grandmother brought? And she on the website says she was born in 1908. So did, right. did her par- did her parents brew it? Did her grandmother brew it? Did it did it come down through the generations to her? <laughs> Yeah, I wish I knew a little bit more, but, you know, to be totally honest, um, I I would really suggest that she kind of discovered it in Siberia because my great-grandmother, Dora, um, you know, even though, you know, she, she the way my great-mother, um, my great-grandmother ended up in Siberia, she was a German descent. And, uh, you know, she had German passport, they spoke German, and they were the part of the Germans that have been brought by, you know, Russia during the Tsar time to build all these railroads on Volga. Uh-huh. And uh, so this is how the family was brought, um, you know, generation before. And so <clears throat> during World War II, when Russia was really afraid that, uh, Russian government was afraid that all the people of German descent would go on Hitler's side, they exiled right. them all to Siberia. And ah, this is how my okay. great-grandmother ended up um, in Siberia. So, you know, she didn't voluntarily go there. I think she was just exiled. And, uh, um, you know, by then, just like in the United States, there's, uh, you know, whole areas where they, you know, exile all the native Indians. You know, the same thing in Siberia. We had this, you know, villages. Um, they called it Volga's Germans. Um, so it's all the Germans who were exiled from the Volga area where they were brought by Tsar. And they grew up really, you know, quite secluded. You know, they married each other and they, you know, like my great-grandmother, she spoke perfect German. Uh, and so I would, if I had to guess, I probably would think that she discovered it when she was, you know, exiled in Siberia. And also right. another really, you know, great thing, and I think it's why it's also stuck uh, in Siberia, uh, you know, besides being really close to Mongolia, it's because uh, kombucha is very, very, you know, it uh, has very great alkalizing effect on your body, and it's loaded with vitamin C. Um, and um, so that's another thing I would believe, you know, that people kind of, you know, stop drinking it because, you know, they felt some kind of health effects um, of, you know, of the kombucha. And my great-grandmother, you know, she would go foraging and uh, pick up all these herbs and, you know, dig yeah. all this, 
you know, chagas and other mushrooms and infuse this to make it as potent or as, you know, good for your health just to boost your and, and help you survive really brutal Siberian winters. I mean, we get um, about, till, you know, negative 40 during winter sometimes. Right, so. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, could you talk a little bit about the taste? Because I've heard... I have heard this, that it was more of a medicinal, that the kombucha that the grandmothers had was, was she fermenting it um, as lightly as you now, or, or did, would it be very sour, more of a medicinal taste, or would, it, would the, the taste mm. you remember be similar to well, what you're brewing today? Right. So I think it's definitely, you know, it was fermented for longer. And also, so this is what refer which now is known continuous fermentation, so what we do, you know, at our brewery, we just, you know, start our batch, and when it's done, then we remove the scurvy, you know, flavor the kombucha, and start the new batch again. What my great-grandmother did, um, it was, you know, it's known as continuous fermentation, meaning that right. you start the batch, and, you know, then you just, when you feel it's ready, you just pour it off, and then you drink next day and next day. So, you know, sometimes, and then, you know, until you finish it all, then you start the new batch after that. So right. um, with, you know, sometimes when you try the first, you know, first sip, you know, when it's ready, that's, you know, really nice, on, you know, on the sweeter side. But when you're ready to have your last sip of that batch, that's going to be a little bit overly fermented. But in general, um, you know, it definitely was a little bit more potent and a little bit more, yeah. on, as you said, medicinal side. What's the story of Babis Brew then? How did you and your husband decide to uh, start a commercial company? My husband has been working um, as the IT director for you know years, for like thirty years, and then he got completely burned out, and so he, you know, decided to quit a job, and we were just you know trying to figure out what was our next step. And we ended up um, just decided to switch the scenery, and we flew to Santa Barbara in California. And uh, that summer where we went happened to be a fermentation festival. And, you know, I am a huge fan of anything fermented. So we went to the fermentation festival, and I just found how many amazing kombuchas there are. You know, GT have been around for you know, 30 years, but, you know, the flavors are slightly predictable and there's, you know, I, I don't really find anything wildly exciting. Um, but when we went to this fermentation festival, we just saw all this amazing, very, very small kombucha brewers who make, I mean, mind-blowing products with the fresh ingredients and you can really taste it. And so when we were on a flight back home, to Philadelphia, I talked to my husband. I said, sure, maybe we should start our kombucha. You know, like, we don't have a lot in Pennsylvania. And so my husband didn't say anything at all. Um, and I thought he just ignored me because, you know, I constantly come up with a, you know, wildly excited ideas. Um, and uh, so two weeks later, he came um, and he gave me this folder, and all this time he was just doing research. He did the market analysis, you know, uh, where the brewers, how much they produce, and everything else. And he said, I think it's a good idea. So this is how we started our company, you know, five and a half years ago. And originally, mm. 
you know, we, you know, so we just thought about, you know, of course, we talk about exciting things about, you know, what's the name? We were like, well, Baba was the one who started it. Um, you know, she's the one who brought me to this journey. So I thought, well, we're going to call it Baba's Brew. And for logo, Baba was, you know, tiny lady with the bright red hair. So her nickname was given by her dad was my little red squirrel. So we got the logo and we found, um, you know, small place. Originally it was 70 square feet. Um, you know, I've been in this country for now for 20 years, but I'm still very unfamiliar with feet measurement. I think it's a stupid measurement. <laughs> and I don't know why they don't use mirrors. It's so easy. So they called me like, well, we only have a 70 square feet. And I'm like, sounds great, whatever. Uh, I didn't realize how small it was. Um, but, you know, this is how we started. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, it's just going to be like California. I'm just going to go to farmer's market and I'm just going to bring kombucha and everybody's going to be so excited. And, you know, we did that and people, I realized, that had no idea what kombucha was. So um, originally, you know, I decided, well, I'm just going to bring scoby and I'm going to let them, you know, touch it and explain and you know, and Americans are not as, um, you know, they don't really like to see feet or heads or uh, anything. So, um, you know, that's kind of they're like completely freaked out of what it was. Um, but besides that, they came back later and later. And so we were just one of the first people who were brewing kombucha in Pennsylvania, which, you know, made me think that, man, you know, we are really behind California, like 10 years um, on anything exciting. Yeah, so what, this is fascinating, Olga. So compared to five years ago, um, we started in the farmer's markets and people didn't know what you were selling. I mean, where's your main, how is the distribution, how is your sales? I know it's been affected probably by COVID and the pandemic, but... Mm-hmm. Um, are you are you selling in just in the immediate Philadelphia area, or do you sell across Pennsylvania in the Northeast now? Or so how, what we sell how, how is, you know, we, so before COVID, you know, uh, we've been growing extremely, extremely fast. Like every year, um, you know, we increased our sales about forty percent. Um, and um, you know, currently we're in three hundred locations, including. Um, you know, Whole Foods in Northeast region and Wegmans, which is, you know, got a chain of local um, grocery stores, Mom's Organic Market, you know, lots of restaurants and coffee shops. Uh, and we distribute our kombucha uh, as far as, as far as like a, a Virginia. So Virginia, Maryland, D.C., um, a little bit in New York um, and, you know, northeast region of Pennsylvania, um, you know, most of the Philadelphia area, New Jersey and Delaware. Um, so it's been it's been really um, growing very, very exponentially and we've been extremely happy with our growth since, you know, we were in the seventy square feet building. Um, year later we moved in our current uh, six thousand square feet uh, brewery, which used to be before uh, cidery, so it was just you know all set up for brewers, you know, with the floor drain and you know three compartment sink and everything else. Um, so that's been you know that's been really really fascinating. Um, 
you know, COVID definitely messed up everybody's plans, um, you know, but we'll see. Uh, a lot of our, we lost about 80% of our customers, um, you know, in March because um, the restaurants and the coffee shops have been forced to close. Um, so and we have a lot of, you know, small, you know, coffee shops and small restaurants that carried our kombucha. And then um, now they're coming back. But, you know, as I'm not quite sure about California, but we still have very, very huge restrictions about occupancy. And, uh, you know, until two weeks ago, the indoor dining was not even allowed either. So a lot of people are really, you know, restaurant owners and coffee shop owners, I mean, they're very, um, you know, they freaked out a lot. And we don't really know what winter going to bring. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is... Um, a challenge, I think. That it sounds though that you're still in business, and you've definitely come a long way from 70 square feet to 6,000, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and grown grown the company. That that's wonderful to hear. So, what's the future of Baba's Brew? What what do you have any plans? Um, new flavors? Sure. New, new initiatives? Sure. Well, you know the other things, and this is probably gonna. Um, you probably will not hear from most people, but it's really um, funny because a lot of people you hear, they say, you know, go big or go home. And um, our, our goal is, you know, doing actually different things. You know, I don't really, you know, because what really differentiates us is using the local ingredients. It's using, you know, supporting this local farmer and growing local community because small businesses, it's the really backbone of the community. So for us, I don't really want to be a national company. What I want to be, you know, the best known and best selling kombucha in my area, you know, between, you know, Washington, D.C. and New York. So this is where I want to be because this is where we have, this is where we purchase all the ingredients and this is where, you know, our customers are. So this is really my goal because, you know, if we send our kombucha somewhere in Utah, you know, nobody really cares that I buy local blueberries. And so every time that people reach out to me and say, hey, Olga, I really want your kombucha in Tulsa. And so my response is, you know, probably there is a fabulous kombucha brewer, small kombucha brewer in, right there in Tulsa, you know, doing exactly the same thing that we do, you know, using local ingredients and working really hard. So my advice is support that local brewer, support that local grower, and this will benefit you and your community the best. So buy local, shop local, uh, because we really need your help. And right now, we need it more than ever. Yeah, and that's where kombucha brewers, I think, do help each other out, and it's wonderful to hear. Oh, well, thanks so much for talking with us today. Well, thank you, Ian. Any questions, anytime, you know, I would be more than happy to be your guest anytime or okay. send me all the information. I'm more than happy to share it, and I think it's fabulous what you're doing, and thank you so much for you know, express an interest. I'm, I'm truly, truly excited. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for listening to Booch News. For more about kombucha, please visit boochnews.com.